Welcome to the Church for All Nations podcast, streaming live from Tacoma, Washington. We're so excited you joined us today. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. It's November. Can you believe it? November. And uh, this is really culturally, uh, especially for the church, this is really a month of, of gratitude and thankfulness. And, and so people are talking about being people of, of gratuity. And what, and, and what does that look like? So I just felt like, let's just, let's just kind of ebb and flow with what culture's already kind of talking about. Next month, it'll be Christmas, and so we'll talk about the birth of Christ, right? Uh, so, so people are thinking like this, and I just thought, hey, let's take the month of November, and let's do a series where we talk about what does it look like to be followers, followers of Jesus who truly pursue this process of living lives of gratefulness and thankfulness. And so we, we titled this series, Good Eyes. Say good eyes. Yeah. And the reason why we did that was because we, we, we've talked about this biblical principle, this, this, this Jewish cultural phrase that is still used today, good eyes. And we see it through the scriptures. Jesus spoke about it. Uh, Israel still speaks about it today. In fact, I was in Jerusalem a couple of years ago, and the, the, really the first time I came in encounter with this phrase was I, was I was sitting around a table in Jerusalem, in the, in the, the north section of, of Jerusalem, and we were sitting around a table with some locals. How many, how many you know it's more, it's more fun when you go someplace where you get to hang out with the locals? So I, we were hanging out with some locals, and we got to talk, and the conversation went backwards and forwards, and it landed on a conversation of a story of a gentleman, who, a Jewish gentleman, who, who was serving uh, the, the, the community in such a unique way where he had this business, and he was giving back uh, to, to Jerusalem and the people there by serving the poor through giving food and helping the homeless, and he had opened a a center for people that needed extra help and jobs training. And they got, they were talking about this guy. And I was like, wow, this is pretty cool that this gentleman is, is doing all of this stuff uh, for God. And I'll never forget it. One of them said, oh yes, Mr. So-and-so, he has good eyes. And I thought to myself, and I actually said, I was like, what does that mean? He's got good eyes. And they said, oh, JF, well, in our culture, someone who has good eyes understands just how good God has been to them. And because of the faithfulness and the love of God in their life, they, they get this daily fresh perspective of his goodness and his, here it is, generosity. And so because of that, their natural response as they take in all that God has for them, they release out of them generosity. And so, so it's this process of, 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 of adopting a grateful spirit which leads to a life full of generosity. And I said, I want that. Like I, like I want to be, be someone like that. And so for the next uh, few weeks here in the month of November, we're, we're going to talk about how do we really, these good eyes, how do we get them? How do we become people full of gratefulness in our hearts? And 
our anchor verse. Jesus spoke of it. Matthew 6, verses 19 through 24. If you have your Bible, you can open there. Matthew 6, verses 19 through 24. This is going to be like our anchor text for this series. And Jesus speaks about this specifically. I'll read it right now and we'll begin to unpack the first part of this series of good eyes. Here it is, verse 19. Jesus says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Verse 21. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now here it is, verse 22. This good eyes thought. Jesus says, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. You see, Jesus is saying here, that our gratitude and perspective on our current situation will always affect the rest of everything in our lives. It affects our health. It affects our relationships. It affects our impact on others and the world. It affects everything. And when your eyes are healthy, your perspective is always fresh. And no longer do you take for granted the little things. Everything becomes important. How many of you want that today? I, I want this fresh perspective. I want these healthy eyes that Jesus is talking about. It's, didn't you like that bumper right there? Isn't that beautiful? Lord, may I be more like that. And here's the thing. I believe that every follower of Jesus actually desires a life of gratitude. But I think if we're really honest, okay, how many, how many of you know that you can be honest here at Church for All Nations? If you're, if you're truly, there's times in our life where things get in the way and, and our humanity and our brokenness creeps up and we can catch ourselves being ungrateful. We can catch ourselves having unhealthy eyes. And so today I want to talk a little bit about that. I want to talk about the good eyes that Jesus instructs us to have. And, but I want to do it in a way where I want to talk about the pitfalls that keep us away from living a life of gratitude and thankfulness and generosity. And so today I want to talk about this word, focus. Specifically, your focus. And really to unpack this pitfall, we're going to look at a story Jesus told in Luke 15, and we sometimes call it the prodigal son or the lost son. Luke 15. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Luke 15. We just looked at Matthew. Now we're going to look at Luke. Luke 15. We'll start in verse 11. This is what the scripture says. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, father, Give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. First pitfall, pitfall I want to talk about today that keeps us from living a life of gratitude is this. Number one, write this down. Focusing only on what you want. 
The first pitfall that will keep you from, from not just living a life of, of gratitude and thankfulness, but tapping into the power of it, okay, is focusing only on what you want. And friends, this focusing on just what I want and what I want right now has gotten us in trouble. Man, I think about the times where I've gotten myself in trouble and it, mo it was mostly, I'm going to do it my way and this is what I want and this is how it's going to go. And man, that always gets me into so much trouble. Seeking first my kingdom and not God's kingdom. Praying for my will and not his will. Praying to make JF's name famous and not Jesus' name famous. And let me tell you right now, if that is how you do life every day, I promise you, you can have all the money in the world, but it will leave you empty and lost and full of internal destruction. I see it all the time. And so we have to be very careful with this pitfall. And here's the thing. Oh, man. Here's the thing. Because the Heavenly Father loves us so much, He gave us something called free will. Meaning we have, a, we have the choice. We, we get to make the decisions. And so He gave us this thing, free will. And there's times that He allows us to get exactly what we want even when he knows it's not going to benefit us. My grandfather pastored in this city for 45 years, and I can hear him saying it to me right now. Son, there's some things that even God can't get you out of. What is he talking about? Well, there's things that we make, we make a decision. We're going to do this, and God says, I love you so much, son. I love you so much, daughter. I'm going to let you do that. Right? Because that's what a loving father does. Even if he knows. Even if he knows. It's a pitfall. And we see it in this story of the prodigal son. The son comes to his father and he says, I want my, my portion. I want my inheritance right now. And reluctantly, the father gives it to him. And you can read the rest, part of the, 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 the second section of that story, but let me summarize. He takes his, the, his inheritance, he goes off to Vegas. No, it probably wasn't Vegas, but it says, <laughs> it says a faraway land, right? And he, and, he, and he squanders his inheritance. And he gets to a place where he's literally on a pig farm and he's coveting the pig's slop food. Now think about that. He's in this wonderful family, in community. I wish I had time to unpack the seriousness of that in the Jewish culture. And he leaves community. He, he takes his inheritance. He squandered. And now he's in a pig sty. Why? Because he wanted it his way. His focus was on what he wanted right now, and that's the way it's going to be. And when your sole purpose in life is only focusing on your own desires, you'll never experience the healing properties of gratitude. That's all there is to it. Uh, when I say the name Kanye West, 
you're already making noises right now. A lot of us, a lot of us know who that is. Now, for, for those of us that have been sleeping under a rock for 15 years, I'm only kidding, but for those of us who don't know who Kanye West is, he's, a, he's probably one of the, the most famous musicians right now on planet Earth, okay? Artist, uh, ridiculously talented, I'm telling you, like a freak of nature talent. He, he, not, not only that, so he's got all his own money, his own fame, his own notoriety, not only that, he just so happened to marry into one of the wealthiest uh, billionaire families on the planet Earth. So here he is. He's got all the money in the world. He has, he's had all the success, right, from a world's perspective. And, and he, oh, you're awesome, right? And I was reading even uh, a couple days ago an article on him, and he said it, in 2016 he got to a, such a dark place. Think about this. Here's a man with everything he gets, to such, he gets to such a dark place in his life that one of his best friends comes to his home and puts him, watch this, puts him in handcuffs and takes him to the hospital because of the nervous breakdown that he was having. Now think about that. And he said, in that hospital, I spent the next several weeks, and what did I do? I reached for the Gideon Bible sitting next to my bed. And I began to read that Bible. And I'm kind of summarizing his words, but there, there was like this moment where I came to my senses. You, you, you got to understand, this man, he, he came, he was raised with the word of God. He knew about, his father was in, uh, the ministry of, of some kind, I don't know all the details of it, but like he, he knew who Jesus was, but he had never tapped into who he was. And, and he never had it. And all of it. And so, and so what did Kanye spend his life doing? Everything that he wanted for himself. He had everything. He got everything. But he didn't have everything. And he said in that hot, I started to read the word of God and I came to my senses. And last week, he just released an album entitled Jesus is King. And, I, and my kids, I, I think I've listened to that album, seriously, because it's only like 22 minutes long. I probably listened to it 300 times, just on repeat. The lyrics have just blessed me and blessed me and blessed me and blessed me. But there was this moment where he comes to his senses. Now watch this. It reminds me of a passage of scripture that we're just reading from, because this happens to another prodigal son, if you will. Look what the word says. Verse 17. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, here's the repentance part of this. And this happened. Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And in fact, I was reading this article and it, was, it just aligned perfectly. I love what Kanye even said because he had this experience. I quote him and he said, I've spread a lot of things. There was a time I was letting you know what high fashion had done for me. 
I was letting you know what the Hennessy had done for me. But now I'm letting you know what Jesus has done for me. And in that, I'm no longer a slave. I'm a son now, a son of God. I'm free. Something takes place when you come to your senses and the Holy Spirit gets a hold of your life. We have to be careful of the pitfall of focusing on only what we want. Here's the second one, and I'll move along. Here's a second pitfall that will, that will keep you away from living a life of gratitude, and that is focusing on a false representation of God. Meaning misunderstanding the nature of our Heavenly Father. Friends, you will never be able to live a life full of gratitude and generosity when you think God is angry with you. The good eyes that the Lord desires for you will never happen until you understand how your heavenly father truly sees you and what he offers you regardless of where you've been or what you've done or how much you've squandered. So when Jesus was asked what our heavenly father is like, he tells this story. What's the father like? And this is what he says, verse 20. So he, the son that had gone and squandered everything, got up and went to his father. But while he was long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son. He threw his arms around him and he kissed him. In verse 21, the son said to him, watch this, father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. Now watch this. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Don't miss this. Because this is a major reason why so many of us can't seem to walk in thanksgiving and gratitude and the joy of the Lord that he desires for you. Even after this father turns and he runs out to his son, which is totally inappropriate in that ancient culture, he runs to the son, throws his arms around him, holds him in his arms. My son is home. Even after the son has this experience, his first response is, Dad, I'm not worthy of this. The father is expressing his love to him and the son can't receive it because he has a misrepresentation of who his daddy is. And then I see this all the time in Christians. The Lord is, is, is overwhelmingly saying, I love you, daughter. I love you, son. My arms are around you. No matter what you've done, you, there's nothing that you can do that, that, that's too far from me. I love you. Yeah. And I watch these people argue with God. I'm not worthy. I'm too messed up. I'm too broken. I've had too many divorces. I'm still addicted to that thing. And the Father is saying, I love you. But they have a, they, they have a distorted false view of the heavenly father. And what happens is it becomes a pitfall for them in living out a life full of gratitude and thankfulness and generosity. And the enemy just goes, I won, I won. 
I want. Focusing on a false representation of God. How many know that the father is so good that even with that response, he just dumps more love on his son? <laughs> Look what he says here, verse 22. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best. It's like he didn't even hear him. He's like, don't you, you didn't just say that. Forget what you just said. Bring the best robe. Put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate for the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to party. I want you to know, I'm going to give an invitation for someone in this room to, to come home today to the father. And when you raise your hand, the scripture is clear that the angels Throw a banger in heaven. Yes, they do. Yes. All right. Stop believe. Stop believing the en- the lies of the enemy regarding the nature of your heavenly Father. So the celebration happens. Probably the biggest family party they've ever had. Let's go back to the text. There's more to this story, though. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, the band can come back, by the way. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So so he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother's come home, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother gave high fives and celebrated with them. No, he didn't. The older brother became, what? He became angry, and he refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. Come on, buddy. So the the pitfalls here, so the first one, focusing only on what we want. Secondly, focusing on a false representation of the father. And here's the third one. This, this one. This one gets in the way a lot, and that is, Focusing on what others have. Some of you got to get off Instagram is what I'm saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Focusing on what others have will bring so much destruction to your life. Verse 29, but he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. Verse 31. My, fa- my son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. Every calf was always available to you. Everything I have is yours, what the father says. But we, ha- now watch. 
But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Most of us know the quote that Teddy Roosevelt gave, and that is, comparison is the thief of joy. And I agree with everything here. I, I, I agree that when we focus on what others have, we lose sight when it comes to everything in our lives. But what if we're able to start seeing what others have in the light of who our Father is? Like, like what if we looked at other people and what they had, and then we got a fresh perspective of who the Father is, and that it's all His, and therefore, it's all, all of ours. It's all of ours. When we have that perspective, it changes everything. When we begin to understand that we're on the same team, if that son could have understood, wow, my brother is home. He was lost, and now I have another person to help me in the field. Yeah. Now, now, there's, now, now I have another person that's going to help me with this community. Now, now, now there's another person who I can lean on and he can lean on me. There's another person who we can do more stuff, more good together. We can have more of an impact on our community. Man, it changes everything. And if that son could have grasped the fullness of the fact that his brother was back, that comparison would have transformed into celebration. What was the thief of his joy and gratitude would have actually fueled it. And I've just been watching on social media, and you know, Kanye West is kind of the big story right now. What I find fascinating is that there's so many followers of Jesus that are like, who does he think he is? Is he really saved? Oh man, you should hear some of his old stuff, man. And I've been, I've been watching, I've even had a few conversations like, Man, he can't do it. He can't do a gospel and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, wow, what if we could pull back from that whole attitude of, oh, who does well? We've been here. We've been in the church for 20 years, grinding it out. He's out partying, prostitutes, and making filthy records. And now all of a sudden he's saved and got a gospel album. Man, if we could change the way we, we, we see what's happened in this man's life, and, and, and maybe we might have a St. Paul on our hands because, 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 the, because, because of the reach that this man has that I don't and that you don't. Wow, what if we could partner with this guy and see a move of God throughout our, our world? You know what I'm saying? Who knows? I, I'm not going to sit here and judge and wonder, oh, if the Holy, I don't, maybe he's going to, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow with that man, but I know what's happening right now. And I've already seen the thousands and thousands of people who have said yes to Jesus because of the, because of his testimony. I don't know. You can, you can send me the emails in the morning. It's fine. I, I'll, I'll take them. I'll take them. I just wanted to get that off because I feel like the enemy wants to separate us. The enemy wants to create a wedge between you and me. He, he wants us to get us arguing over doctrine and theology. And I, I, I don't like the pants you wear and all that kind of stuff. And I saw a picture of you on social media. And, uh, right? I, I'm not giving a pass to just live a wild life. But man, if we could just get past all these little tiny things and, and, and come together 
come together, man. Oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm stepping off my soapbox, okay? Living a life of gratitude. That's what this is all about. We're going to keep talking about it the next several weeks, but the focus is so important. Come on, bow your head. Thanks again for joining us. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. For more content and to connect with us, go to cfan.church.